Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you have your Bible, you can find your place there in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 2 and verse number 15. The book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2 and verse number 15. I want to talk to you just a little while today on the qualifications of a Bible teacher. The qualifications of a Bible teacher. Now, this is going to be a little different from the qualifications of a man of God or qualifications of a deacon, because this is going to be some studying that I did on my own, but I feel like it's very important to be able to set forth some qualifications for the Bible teacher, because if you don't have qualifications, then anybody who thinks that they're a Bible teacher can just stand up and try to teach the Bible. But I want to take the Word of God today and show you a few things that I believe would be fall under the category of the qualifications of a Bible teacher. And the first thing that I want you to think about under the qualifications of a Bible teacher is somebody who's a Bible teacher needs to be faithful to God. They need to be faithful to God. Look at the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15. The Bible says, "...study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." And so very simply, the, the Bible teacher needs to be faithful to God in his personal studies. The Bible is very clear that it says, study to show thyself approved, meaning very simply, you're proving it to yourself that you're studying the Word of God. You're, you're convinced by your own study life that you're putting forth the effort that's required, not just to study the Bible, but to teach the Bible. The Bible says it's a workman somebody who actually gets some work done. And studying the Word of God is work. You have to cross-reference words. You have to study. You have to make sure that passages line up. You have to figure out the context of the passage of Scripture, and that takes work. It doesn't just come overnight. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of enthusiasm to study the Word of God. But if you're going to be a Bible teacher, your personal study needs to needs to be up to par. You don't just need to take the Word of God and open it up flippantly. No, it's a very powerful tool that God has entrusted mankind to. It can be used to sway the sinner. It can be used to convict the saint. It can be used to encourage the believer. All of those things are possible with the Word of God. But if you don't spend the time studying it, you will never be able to teach it. That's why I said rightly dividing the word of truth, because if you're not rightly dividing it, then you're, very, then you're very simply wrongly dividing it. And that's where a lot of apostasy, a lot of cults, a lot of false doctrine comes out, because people take one or two verses and they try to build a whole doctrine. And what happens is it's, it's built upon a very flimsy foundation. So the qualifications of a Bible teacher are going to be faithful to God in their personal study, but then also faithful to God in their stewardship. The book of Matthew chapter 25 in verses 14 through 15. The book of Matthew chapter 25 in verses 14 through 15. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Here, of course, the passage of Scripture is typing out that man traveling into a far country as God or Jesus. 
and those ones that are his servants are the ones that are saved. And what's happened is God has entrusted you to a certain amount of stewardship. Now, you could be a one-talent man. You could be a ten-talent man. You could be a three-talent man, woman, boy, or girl. But all of us has talents that we can use for the glory and honor of God. But in order to be faithful to God, we need to prove our stewardship. We need to say, hey, God has given me an ability to do something. And what I want to do is I want to do it to the best of my ability and bring forth all the fruit and effort that I can to be able to bring honor and glory to God the Father. And stewardship is very simply you taking what somebody else has and using it. And that's what um, God has done is he's blessed some of us with um, ability to speak. He's blessed some of us with ability to sing. He's blessed some of us with ability to have a strong memory. He's blessed some of us with an ability to debate. And that gift from God is to be used to bring honor and glory to God because they're his goods that he gives you the ability to use for his honor and his glory. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse number 2. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse number 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. A steward has to be faithful. That means day in and day out doing the will of God. A steward gets up and he reads his Bible in the morning. A steward gets up and he prays in the morning. A steward passes out gospel tracts. A steward is faithful to the work of God, to the way of God, and to the will of God in his own life. Now, before we go any further, I do not believe in perfection. There is going to be days, and there's days in my life, I don't ever want you to think that I'm some perfect, holier-than-thou man that dwells on the backside of a utopia. I'm not. I'm, I, I have problems in my life. I have problems in my family. I have physical infirmities I have to deal with. Those things all happen. And there are times when I go to church and I don't, I don't really feel good. There are times when I get up in the morning and I don't pray like I should. There are times when I don't read my Bible, but that shouldn't be all the time. And it's not because I want to be faithful my stewardship that God, God has given me because I want to be faithful to God because that's one of the qualifications of a Bible teacher. Now, secondly, secondly, not only faithful to God, but they need to be faithful to church. A Bible teacher needs to be faithful to church. The book of Hebrews chapter 10 in verses 24 through 25. The book of Hebrews chapter 10 in verses 24 through 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. That word, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, in the modern day era, that would be going to church. That would be attending all the meetings at church. He said this, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, what's the day talking about? The day is Jesus coming back. And so as the world grows wickeder and farther away from God, what do you need? You don't need less church. You need more church. You don't need less Bible reading. You need more Bible reading. You don't need less prayer, but you need more prayer. But you need to be faithful to church and attending all the meetings. That means when it's revival time, you go to church. That means when there's a special meeting, you go to church. That means when there 
is an opportunity to do something for the honor and the glory of God involving the local church. You're a part of it. Why? Because you want to be faithful to church, not only in your attendance, but in your supporting. You want to support the church. The book of Malachi chapter 3 and verses 7 through 9. Malachi chapter 3 and verses 7 through 9. Even from the days of your father, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye say, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation." Faithful to church and your support. You ought to tithe. You ought to give offerings. A tithe is a tenth of your gross income. Now, God is very clear on this. He says this. He says, will a man rob God? It doesn't say, will a man steal from God? It says, will a man rob God? Now, I'll give you a quick illustration on tithing. Tithing is robbing God, not stealing from God. If someone breaks into my house tonight and they take well, they're going to be sorely disappointed if they break in here. But let's say they break in here and they and they take something valuable. Do you know what they did? They stole it from me. But if a man comes up to my door and holds a gun to my head and takes something out of my house, that's robbing. And that's what you're doing to God. And if you're not supporting the church financially in tithes and offerings and being faithful to church— then you shouldn't be teaching the Bible because one of the biblical principles that you're going to be teaching is tithing. And how are you going to teach on tithing if you're not tithing? And then you need to be involved in the ministries of the church, involved in the ministries of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 12 through 14. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 12 through 14. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink of the one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many." Now, as you think about the local church and you think about the church being the body of Christ, just very simply like our physical bodies, uh, my hand is just as much a part of the body as my foot is. My eye is just as much a part of the body as my ear is. And so if you are going to teach the Bible, you need to be involved in the ministries of the church. Now, ask yourself this. What does my church do? Does my church run buses? Does my church go to the nursing home? Does my church have a radio program? Does my church have a jail ministry? Does my church have a prison ministry? Does my church print the Word of God? Does my church do a podcast? What does my church do? And are you involved in the ministries of the church? Because if you're going to teach the Bible, you need to live the Bible, The Bible is very clear that we are members of the body of Christ, and those members are supposed to be involved in the work of Christ, which is the work of the church. And then number three, the qualifications of a Bible teacher. You need to be faithful to God. You need to be faithful to church. But then number three, you need to be faithful to your pastor. 
You need to be faithful to your pastor. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 17. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 in verse number 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. You need to obey him. You need to obey him. Is he always right? He's a man. He, pro- he makes mistakes. Is he perfect? No, he's a man. But he's God's man, and he was put into that position to lead the church of God. And the Bible is very clear. Obey them and submit yourselves. So if you're going to teach the Bible, you cannot be bucking the man of God every time he says something. You cannot be the one who leads the group meeting to pronounce what the man of God said is wrong. No, you just be faithful to follow him. Obey him and submit yourself. If God's man is wrong and he's God's man, God will correct him. You always need to remember that you don't have a friend like the man of God. There is nobody in this world that when you're down and when you're out and when you're hurting that is going to come to your aid. There's nobody that will come in to the hospital room and pray for you like the man of God will. There's nobody when your kids are sick that will come by and pray for your children like the man of God. There's nobody like that. And so if you want to teach the Bible, the first thing you need to do is submit yourself to the man of God because he's leading the church. He is trying to do the work of God. And as you're faithful to God, you're faithful to the church. Be faithful to the man of God in obedience. Obey him. The book of Philippians chapter 2 in verse number 20. The book of Philippians chapter 2 in verse number 20. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Here Paul was talking about sending Timotheus under the church at Philippi. And the reason that Timotheus was like-minded with Paul was because they had a prayer burden for the church. You need to be faithful to your pastor, not only by obeying him, but by praying for him. Hey, you want to teach the Bible? You want to you be the one that stands up and proclaims the Word of God? Well, you need to learn to pray for your man of God, because there's nobody like-minded. He teaches, you teach. He preaches, you preach. He prays, you pray. And understand this, that if you're not obeying him, then your prayer life is hindered. But always remember this, he's praying for you because he's like-minded. He's praying for you. And that's another reason why you need to obey him. The book of Acts chapter 15 and verses 36 through 41. The book of Acts chapter 15 and verses 36 through 41. And someday after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take with him them, who departed from them in Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. Now here is a 
very young church. I understand the book of Acts is going to be what you consider the birthplace of the church. But here you've got Paul and Barnabas. They're both trying to do the will of God, but they couldn't agree on something. And so you know what they did? They decided, Barnabas decided, hey, I'm going to take John Mark and I'm going to go this way. Paul said, well, I'm going to take Silas and I'm going to go that way. Now, what can we learn from this about being a Bible teacher? We can learn this under being faithful to the pastor. If you can't follow him, leave. Leave. Don't wreck the church. Don't cause all sorts of problems for young Christians. Don't destroy your testimony or the testimony of the church. Just leave. You say, well, that's awful harsh. I'm supposed to be faithful to church. Well, if you can't follow the preacher, then you're not doing any good there anyhow. You probably need to go somewhere else. And honestly, there's some people who probably should have left the church about 10 to 15 years ago because all they've been is a thorn in the man of God's side for 10 to 15 years. But they stuck in there and kept running their mouth and causing all kinds of problems. You say, well, I want to teach the Bible. Well, if you want to teach the Bible, you've got to be faithful to your pastor. But if you can't follow the pastor, then leave and go find another church somewhere else. Because if you can't follow him, then there's no way that you can seek his approval. Acts 13 in verses 2 through 3. The book of Acts chapter 13 in verses 2 through 3. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Here we go. So these men are going to get involved in the ministry, Paul and Barnabas. And you know what they do? They go to the church. They go to the elders. And you know what they do? They pray and fast over them. They seek the approval of the church and of the man of God. Before you begin to teach the Bible, you need to be faithful to your pastor in obedience, in prayer. And if you can't follow him, leave. But before you do anything, you need to seek his approval. Because it could be he could say, hey, might be best for you to go to Bible school for about a year and a half before you try to do that. Or it might be best for you to just stay faithful to church and read your Bible and get a little more grounded. Because he's a seasoned man of God with wisdom and knowledge and the mind of Christ. And so you as a Christian need to seek his approval in all matters, but especially in the matter of teaching the Bible. So the qualifications of a Bible teacher, you need to be faithful to God, you need to be faithful to the church, you need to be faithful to your pastor. But then number four, you need to be faithful to the students, faithful to the students that you're teaching, whether it's Sunday school, nursing home, prison, jail, podcast, radio ministry. You need to be faithful to those students. How are you faithful to them? By bearing their burdens, Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2. The book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Part of being faithful to the students that you're going to teach is understanding, well, number one, understanding they're not perfect, but also understand that they got burdens, and you need to be faithful to those burdens. You need to bear them. You need to help them. You need to pray for them And then you need to pray for some of their problems. You need to pray that God will use you to teach the Word of God to them 
to help them through some of the burdens and the struggles they have. You need to go to them sometimes and say, hey, is there something we can pray about? Do you need to talk to me about something? Is everything going all right in your life? I've been praying for you. And do those things. Why? Because you want to teach the Bible? You have to care. You have to love people. You have to realize that they're not all on the same level. That if you're teaching the primary boys class, they're probably not going to have it all together. They're going to knock over stuff. They're going to break crowns. They're going to burn the pencil sharpener up. They're going to do all kinds of things because they're primary boys. But you need to go, hey, this is where God's got me, and I'm going to do the will of God. But while I'm doing it, I'm going to bear these burdens that some of these students have. And then the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 in verse number 2. 2 Timothy chapter 4 in verse number 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. You need to realize that you as being faithful to the students, are going to have to preach the Word. And you need to realize that the Word of God is abrasive. And it's abrasive enough that you don't need to add any illustrations or you don't need to add anything that you've seen into it. Just preach the Word and be faithful to the students. And realize that there's going to be students in there that are lost and there's going to be students in there that are saved And your job as a Bible teacher is to get the lost saved and get the saved straight. And it's not by doing it with mental persuasion or by psychology. It's by taking the Word of God and line upon line, precept upon precept, word upon word, expounding it, teaching it, living it, and entrusting them to do something with what you're giving them. But you're going to have to be faithful to the students and realize that there's lost people and saved people in there, and your job is to preach the Word. Then the book of John chapter 10 in verses 1 through 5. The book of John chapter 10 in verses 1 through 5. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. You're going to have to be faithful to your students and follow Christ's example. Follow his example. Feed sheep. Help sheep, encourage sheep, love sheep. You say, what are sheep? Those are people. They're people. Christ gave us an example of how he dealt with people throughout his whole ministry. And you know what he did? He ate with them. He cried with them. He loved them. He cared about them. He told them when they were wrong. And he gave them what they couldn't get on their own. And that's a relationship with God. And as you teach the Bible, you need to realize that those students that God has entrusted you with need God. And what you have to do is be faithful to them by following Christ's example so that they can come to know the same God that you know. 
because you're faithful to them, they'll be faithful to Christ. And then lastly, point number five, the qualifications of a Bible teacher. You got to be faithful to God. You got to be faithful to church. You got to be faithful to your pastor. You got to be faithful to the students. And then you got to be faithful to prayer. You got to be faithful to prayer. First Thessalonians chapter 5 in verse 17. The book of First Thessalonians chapter 5 in verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, in order to teach the Bible, you have to have a relationship with God. And that relationship with God is going to have ups and downs, ins and outs, ons and offs, hots and colds, just like your relationship with the ability to teach the Bible. There's going to be some ups and downs, ins and outs, hots and colds, offs and ons. But what you can do is you can always be faithful to prayer and always keep that line open between you and God and be able not just to talk to Him, but that He talks to you. Because what you're doing is you're taking a supernatural book as you teach the Bible, and you're converting sinners to Christ. You're saving them from a devil's hell. But you cannot do that without the power of God. And the only way to get the power of God is by being faithful to prayer, praying, seeking His face, seeking His will, seeking His word, seeking His way daily in your life so that when you get up to teach the Bible, you're able to give the students something because you've been alone with God. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 6. The book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So we're going to be faithful to prayer, always praying, but then faithful to prayer in secret. Just you and God. You're going to get alone with God, and you're going to have a relationship with God that's like none other, because when you get up to teach the Word of God, you've got to have the power of God. And if you'll take this, these last two little points here on faithful to prayer, always praying and praying in secret, I promise you, you will be a good Bible teacher, because you've met the qualifications to teach the Bible And as you get up and present the Word of God, it won't be your power that's being displayed, but it'll be the power of Christ. (music) 